Hey, Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Ralph. How are, how are you? Well, I'm good, except uh, our listeners should know that we're a little uh, low on coffee today because we have a boil water advisory in our town. Uh, they uh, somehow or other added too much or too little of something to the water treatment system, and we're not supposed to drink the water. <laughs> Well, okay. Is this a short-term uh, kind of a thing? Three days, they said. All right. So, well, fortunately, they are still selling us bottled water, uh, whiskey, beer, and wine. <laughs> <laughs> just just to let you know that we're, uh, we're not going to die of thirst. Okay. Well, that's an advantage that I have then, Ralph, of living um, in the country because uh, yeah, my water comes from a hole in the ground. Your well water is not contaminated by whatever they uh, didn't add or did add to the water. Wow. Okay. Well, this is a psychology takeaway uh, where we try and look at things that uh, are relevant in the field of psychology and relevant to uh, you, our uh, listeners. And right now we're in a series on pain. Um, yes, I know. Uh, we give people a lot of pain sometimes. Sometimes, yes. yeah. Um, we looked at kind of what pain it was in our first uh, uh, presentation, and then uh, last week we looked at uh, specific kinds of alternative therapeutic approaches. Everyone's pretty familiar with you know, the, the medical ones, but they're not necessarily familiar with uh, other approaches. So last week we looked at um, herbal therapy, uh, aromatherapy, uh, homeopathy, and the use of uh, CBD uh, oil. Uh, today we're going to also be looking at some kind of interesting and perhaps little known um, among, for some of you, uh, therapeutic approaches that are uh, geared at or, or focused at pain. We're going to take a look today at reflexology, acupressure, um, the use of emu oil and um, uh, macrobiotic dieting, macrobiotic eating. So, yeah, and one of the things, Jim, that we we said a couple of weeks ago that uh, maybe is worth repeating for our uh, listeners who who might not have really picked it up is not everybody feels pain in exactly the same way. And uh, some people, their, uh, their nerves conduction might be exactly the same as another person, but their neurology in their brain is more sensitive to the signals. And so some people are, in fact, uh, more sensitive to sensations of pain than others. And, you know, so sometimes if uh, people call you a wuss because you've had some minor injury and you say, oh, that really hurts, it may be that you're one of those people who uh, are more sensitive than others. So you're not just a wuss. You actually do experience pain at a higher level. Okay. And we'll get to some of the um, yeah, actual, actually some of the research on this. I'm going to start with... Uh, with reflexology. And reflexology um, 
might sound weird at the beginning because it's the use of pressure uh, and or oils on certain parts of either the feet, the hands, or the ears. Now, I mean, what's going on here? Well, the idea is that your left foot controls or influences the left side of your body and all of the organs over there on the left side and okay. your right foot uh, influences or controls the organs on the uh, right side of the body. Now think of it this way. Um, I know that the appendix is on the right side of the body because I happen to have an appendix scar which I got many years ago. Okay. Now the if I had a pain in the appendix area, you know, and you know the, and I, I did as a ten-year-old, you know, the way of approaching the pain was to uh, uh, take me to the plumber hospital up in the Sioux and uh, uh, take out the appendix. Okay, okay now, seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah, you've got something hurting; it's inflamed. Mm -hmm. Take it out. Yeah, almost killed me though as a ten-year-old, uh, which is kind of interesting. I did not. Uh, uh, realize it until a few years later I was talking to my parents um, that this relatively simple operation hadn't gone all that well and I was in very serious condition for quite a few days. Uh, thank heavens uh, uh, penicillin had been invented or antibiotics had been invented but they were relatively new uh, and uh, you know that I was treated with with them. Well I don't know if a, a, a reflexologist would attempt to treat um, uh, appendix pain, but they might. And if they did, the treatment would focus on something that's going on in the right, right foot. Right foot, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or perhaps right hand. Um, and uh, uh, I think when we put up the, the Learn More, there's a little map there that sh come, shows up. And it shows where the points are on the foot feet that correspond to various organs of the body. For example, uh, there's an area in the ball of the foot uh, that corresponds to the lungs. Okay. Uh, there's an area uh, on the, the big toe, both the, the right and left big toe, that corresponds to uh, the brain. Now, I think a lot of people uh, who are reflexologists would say that the, the, the approach is a good approach and it works well in conjunction with more conventional therapies. Okay, yeah. But there was a study done in Denmark, which is kind of an interesting study, uh, specifically about the use of reflexology. Um, in Scandinavian countries, they do things a little bit differently or a lot differently than we do here. For example, providing child care at the corporation, you know, for, for mothers or fathers, um, you know, much more, as we pointed out a long time ago, much more time off uh, for vacation so that you can get, you know, rejuvenated. Well, one of the things that they, they uh, did was to uh, hire people who practiced reflexology okay. with employees. And uh, so, in, in general, ref reflexology is good to relieve stress, to re relieve inner conditions of maybe anxiety, but 
you know, it's also targeted at things like cancer and diabetes, asthma, headaches, uh, PMS. I mean, it's a lot of different things. So here's the here's the uh, setup. The the corporation uh, hires these reflexologists, and then they look to see what the results are um, compared to when they didn't have reflexologists. Okay. Okay. And um, you know, one of the things that corporations like to to, to measure is uh, money. You know, money uh, money saved. Uh, okay. And uh, in this particular case, there was a significant reduction in the amount of sick leave uh, or absenteeism, and subjectively, the uh, employees reported uh, that they were they had just greater life satisfaction uh, okay. and satisfaction with their jobs uh, after only six reflexology sessions. So it's it does a you know is it a uh, a placebo that we have going on here? You know, who who knows? We should have had a, a double blind study, and they're they're coming that way. Yeah, know? but but anecdotally at least in Denmark, um, the payoff for uh, uh, the use of reflexology seems to be pretty high. So we've got these points in the ears, the hands, the feet, and suppose you're uh, experiencing stress and anxiety and you don't have time to take off your shoes, Ralph, a reflexologist would work on your, with your earlobes. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So that's... If, well, if, that, that leads to an interesting question, Jim, because for a hundred years, Women, and today increasingly, many men have a pierced ear or two. Uh, I wonder what a reflexologist would say about uh, the process of getting a pierced ear. Uh, yes, no, maybe. Uh, uh, should it be done? Shouldn't it be done? I don't know. I don't either. I will ask Sheila to ask a reflexologist. Yeah, that's a... a a good point. In fact, I wonder about some people have multiple piercings all over their body. And yeah, you have to wonder what the effects of <laughs> that might be. Like you've <laughs> got a G five uh, uh, electrical grid near you. <laughs> if you start glowing, at you. <laughs> yeah, the, the the glow in the dark teenager. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, reflexology, and we have more uh, with uh, uh, Learn More, so you can take a look there. But Ralph, what are you going to talk about? Well, spinning off of reflexology, we also have, and, and most people will have heard of uh, acupuncture, which you need a licensed uh, uh, acupuncturist to... Uh, to perform on you. Yeah, sticking big needles in, one, in somebody yeah, else's uh, body, yeah. But um, in addition to that, there's also acupressure. Now, acupressure uses the same, and there actually are about 800 uh, points on the body along the meridians and the chakras that can be uh, pressed on with hands or uh, well, sometimes uh, uh, tools uh, by an acupressurist that uh, can serve to um, 
relieve pain, uh, reduce stress. Um, so you've got these energy lines and pressing on certain points of them uh, helps people to feel better. Now the these potent points that they're called, um, they're sensitive to bioelectric impulses. The and basically what happens is when they're stimulated, they release endorphins. Okay. So the pain the pain is blocked and relieved, and the flow of oxygen and blood to the target areas is increased. Okay, so acupressure, not yeah. acupuncture. Okay. Now, um, this is probably something you could learn yourself too. I mean, probably you could apply it, depending upon. Well, that map that you have is pretty, uh, uh, pretty, pretty complex. Extensive. Yeah, yeah. about eight hundred or so of those. Those points, points, yeah. yeah. The front of the body, the uh, back of the body, the neck, uh, down the spine, all the way down uh, through the legs and into the feet. So it's connected in some sense to reflexology because mm -hmm. the acupressurist would say, yes, there are places on the feet and the hands that are uh, useful in acupressure. Okay. Given all those points, this might be a technique that uh, seems valuable, but it could be a technique that's going to take a while to learn, right? I think so. I think okay. you'd have to uh, do some pretty serious study uh, in um, acupressure before you you were ready to go out and hang up your shingle, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, one of the interesting things about that is there have been studies done both on acupuncture and acupressure that um, are double-blind studies, like Jim mentioned, and and one of the uh, one of the studies for acupuncture used um, fake acupuncture. And you say, how can you use fake acupuncture? Well, basically, the real acupuncturist took a needle and inserted it into his skin on a particular place on the body. The fake acupuncturist used the same place, but a blunt needle, and didn't insert it. So he just touched that point. Okay. Okay. So and, you, got, you got two things going on. You got the, the real the real deal, the real therapy, and then the, the pseudo-therapy. Okay. Right. Now, and the same thing was done with acupressure. Okay. Now, if if it's uh, the, the placebo effect, you'd expect that there'd probably be no difference, right? Well, yeah. And okay. there was a difference. Uh-huh. Now, the interesting thing is that they measured the difference, and what they found is that 12 weeks later, people who experienced relief of pain with the real thing were still experiencing uh, relief of pain. But 52 weeks later, the pain was back. Okay, so it didn't last for forever, it lasted for a while. So it lasted for basically three months. Okay. Now, one of the things that you can say there was, well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you take an aspirin today, you don't expect it to cure your headache three weeks from now. Or a year from now. Or sure. a year from now. So there was no repeat treatment for this test. Okay. 
So yeah, it, it lasts a goodly long time, three months, um, but not forever. Okay, and this was with the acupressure? With the acupressure, yeah. Okay, so it's something to, to look into. Um, one of the things we talked about in our last uh, show was uh, CBD oil. Well, I've got another one for you, Ralph. Okay. Emu oil. Okay, emu oil. You know, you know what an emu is? Well, uh, I think I, uh, it's kind of a, a giant bird similar, similar to an ostrich. Yeah, think of uh, a small ostrich. Okay, small ostrich. Yeah. Uh, friends of ours have uh, emus. Uh, they also, the reason we know these people, Sam and Wendy, uh, is that um, uh, they also have alpacas. And uh, so we've gone up to, to visit their alpaca ranch and, and last time we were there, he said, go, come and meet the emus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we went and uh, uh, it was a pen and uh, it appeared that there was nothing in the pen, uh, but uh, we made a little noise as we were walking up all of a sudden, oh, about 40 of these giant birds came rushing toward us. And they're curious as I'll get out, and they're, they're sort of sort of funny-looking in a cute kind of way. You know? Okay. So uh, their feathers are, are wonderful. Occasionally, they'll lose a feather, and uh, uh, they... Uh, we were given one of the emu feathers. They look a little bit like peacock feathers. You know, they're just gorgeous-looking things. Um, and so, what color are they? They're kind of a black with uh, iridescent, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, yellow at the, the tips. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're very pretty. Um, and um, uh, the gal, uh, and I said Sam and Wendy. It was actually Kathy. Uh, we get our we get our alpaca moms and dads mixed up sometimes. Um, said, yeah, uh, emu oil is being used uh, a lot like CBD oil. CBD oil is a vegetable, emu oil, and it comes from animals. So I naively said, and how do you get the how oil? Do you, how do you extract the oil from the emu? Yes. Well, you have to kill the emu, pluck all these beautiful feathers off, and the oil is in fat underneath the skin, and that has to come off too. I said, then what do you do with the rest of the emu? And... Kathy said, oh, they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, A whole new concept, the emu burger. <laughs> Indeed. So emu oil therapy uh, is relatively new. It's kind of like pectin therapy, relatively new. Pectin is that stuff that's in um, uh, like Cerdo. Uh -huh, you know, people uh -huh. are using it now to, to make uh, jams. We're using it around our house to make jams and jellies. Well, that's a new thing yeah, also. And both of them have, the, the emu oil therapy and the pectin therapy, uh, have the same intake. You ingest it, you, know, you essentially eat the, the oil um, or the pectin. And uh, again, we don't have a lot of research, but the anecdotal research says it helps with things like inflammations and uh, 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 boosts the immune system and, and helps with uh, the treatment of pain including headaches, painful coughs, skin and hair conditions, um, 
It can be used with insect bites. I mean, so we're getting more things that people are using or talking about rather than the sledgehammer medicals that yeah, we yeah. had for quite a while. And, you know, one of the things, Jim, that uh, this is kind of an aside, but um, I just saw a news report on uh, the southern border where we're having so much problem with uh, the cartels sending people across with, um, with fentanyl. Yeah. And one of the things that they're sending across now is uh, bags of what appear to be hard candies, um, the kind of things that you see at, at Christmas and maybe Halloween and Valentine's Day, the little little hard candies in multicolors. Yeah. And they're laced with fentanyl. Oh, dear. And their target is children, young people. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we know is that um, the uh, conventional medical use of uh, drug therapies can have very harmful spin-offs. And candy laced with uh, fentanyl directed to little kids probably is not a good thing. No. You, you know, Ralph, we've been going here for about 22 minutes, and we haven't gotten to the uh, uh, macrobiotic uh, uh, dieting. And, you know, you and I wrote a book called uh, Protecting Your Family's Health. And we haven't really talked about the use of, of nutrition as a way of, of uh, enhancing uh, health and, and uh, pain management. So let's save that one for next week. We'll, uh, devote, okay. we'll devote the entire um, uh, session you know, to it, and then we'll also offer our uh, uh, listeners an opportunity to uh, get a copy of the book, okay? Okay, sure thing. Uh, one of the things that, uh, just as a sort of a prequel to uh, next week's thing, is we, we talk in the book a lot about uh, uh, the Mediterranean way of eating and the mind diet, which is not really a diet, but we don't talk specifically uh, using the word macrobiotic. And we'll talk about what that means and what's different about the micro, macrobiotic dieting than, uh, than the others. Okay. Well, until next time then, this is Jim. And Rolf. Saying, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.